Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Happy holidays and welcome to the Syrupcast. You're listening to episode 153. We're recording this week's episode ahead of time on Thursday, December 21st. The Syrupcast is a podcast devoted to fostering intelligent and sometimes funny discussion related to the Canadian tech and telecom ecosystems. It's our last podcast of the year. Sayonara 2017. Of course, at the rate human civilization is going, 2018 will likely be even worse. But we're not here to talk about 2018. We're here to talk about the year that was in 2017. What happened in Canadian telecom, in tech. I'm joined by the regular crew. We have old reliable, Patrick. I'm here. I'm very sick, but I'm here. That's why you're old reliable. I know. I even come in when I'm, you're sick, dying. When I'm sick and dying. Yes, yes. It's accurate. That is dedication. Someone who could learn about dedication Ooh. Samir Chabra, how's it going, Samir? It's going pretty well. I'm not sure what uh, what all the shade is about, but okay. Sure. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> we have someone who knows about dedication, certainly, <laughs> because she is calling all the way from cold, frigid New Brunswick, Rose Bihar. Rose, how are you? Hi, I'm very well. I'm in a warm, cozy towel fort. The best kind. Yes. <laughs> uh We've kind of we went back and looked back at the year it was and kind of decided that what was our what we thought anyway personally uh, what was our like most significant moment in tech and telecom uh, we have one each to share we'll kind of quickly discuss it uh, and then get out so that you guys can go enjoy your holidays uh, Pat I always like to start with you just because we've been here from the start uh, more or less pretty much <laughs> so are, are we going. Because it is it two we're supposed to have or just yeah one? so yeah uh, you're supposed to have two so okay. mention both mention certainly both. but it. talk about one okay so my we'll ask my, you a question my first one uh, is uh, the Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. um, I'm I, shocked 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 and appalled that uh, you would pick this one <laughs> so I I thought that the Switch was going to be an interesting system when it was first announced uh, mm-hmm. but I was admittedly a little bit skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, but after I got my hands on one and I tried it out at a preview event, uh, probably about, I, I think, maybe this time last year, mm-hmm. um, I was sold on it like 100%. It, it mm-hmm. made sense to me. I understood the utility of it. Uh, just the like inherent concept of being able to take a device on the go, mm-hmm. wherever you want, plug it into a TV and continue playing that same experience, a console-level gaming experience. Mm-hmm. Um, appeals to my like particular lifestyle where I'm commuting or traveling. Uh, often not having the ability to play games uh, at home on on a television. Mm-hmm. Um, so just the concept of the system was great. But I think the big surprise this year for the Switch, at least for me, was the library of games. Mm-hmm. Um, Such it, a bit quick buildup. Yeah, yeah. And we were we were talking about it uh, a bit yesterday. Like um, mm-hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 just came out. It's been relatively well received. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Nintendo didn't release that game leading into the holiday season, it really wouldn't have mattered, right? Yeah. Which is already crazy amount of great games um and i mean granted some of them are wii u re-releases which mm-hmm. some people have criticized i think that's okay because a lot of those games not a wide audience got to experience right because mm-hmm. nobody bought the wii u so um examples of that are like splatoon or, or mario kart which are pretty much the same as the game that came yeah. out on the wii u um 
but yeah, I I think the the Switch, despite its its various faults, was a, a really cool device. Um, and probably one of my favorite systems of all time. Mm. It it just already yeah yeah already uh just because it it's something that I kind of and I've probably talked about it before on the pod. It's it's something that I dreamed about having as a kid mm-hmm. it was this device that I could play at home. Um, and then like long summers at my parents' cottage, I could take it with me. And then mm-hmm. when I'm back home again, have that same experience. Yeah. Uh, much like the Game Boy, but on a, a higher level, on a console level. Totally. Um, so yeah, that, that's my my big my big tech device of uh, of this year. Nice. And are you hopeful going into 2018 about where the system is headed? Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of issues. It's not perfect. I've, mm-hmm. I've sort of ranted and raved about it all year, but like uh, there's the virtual console situation on the system is pretty brutal. Yeah. So what is the update on that? Uh, there's some games that have come out. Um, I believe the original Super Mario Brothers came out. I, I think stuff is coming along. Like we're going to start seeing releases soon, but I don't think Nintendo specifically mentioned anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me in particular, particular, that's disappointing because with the 3ds, um, I went back and I bought all my old Game Boy games for it. Mm-hmm. They, they were somewhat expensive, like three, $4 each, but mm-hmm. um, it was cool to be able to buy up that library of Game Boy games that I either no longer had or didn't want to play on a, a grayscale, disgusting screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I would love to be able to transfer those games over to the switch without buying them again but this is mm-hmm. nintendo we're talking about so i know mm-hmm. that's not going to happen um but i would at least like the opportunity to buy them mm-hmm. uh and i mean uh, to some extent the the release cycle for 2018 we don't know what's coming right mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty sparse as far as i can tell when i was i was researching yesterday mm-hmm. um so it will be interesting to see what nintendo does like they've had a crazy good 2017 um we were also talking yesterday about how super mario odyssey sold insanely well in japan mm-hmm. three sure million copies three million I, I don't know if they've released north american sales stats yet mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it'll be difficult for them to top uh 2017 uh so besides the switch what was the other one you wanted to mention your other story of the year uh the other thing that i'm interested oh well, I, I guess it's i don't know if i would call it a story of a year but i i found it the most fascinating was the development mm-hmm. of uh high dynamic high dynamic range oh yeah totally. and how it's starting to become more popular mm-hmm. um it still doesn't make sense sort of a psa for anyone buying a television this year uh it's never a good time to buy a tv it's never a good time <laughs> now is an okay time i would say mm-hmm. but if you're buying one make sure that it supports the two real formats uh, of HDR10 with a wide color gamut, which is uh, Dolby Vision mm-hmm. um, and HDR10, not just standard high dynamic range. Like if you mm-hmm. go through the Boxing Day flyers right now, almost every TV listed doesn't really support true high, di- high dynamic range. Mm-hmm. Um, but ju- just in general, uh, HDR was something that I thought was silly two years mm-hmm. ago when it was first being revealed. I didn't see the benefit of it. Um, and then I purchased an HDR TV and started playing games in HDR. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably the first game where I really saw the big difference was when I booted up Destiny, when mm-hmm. it had the 4K HDR update added to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and more so than 4K, which I, I think makes games look better, but marginally so. Mm-hmm. I think uh, HDR really does make a huge difference. The colors pop. The blackers are much deep. <laughs> the, black, the blacks are much deeper. Yeah. Um, and it really does make a significant difference and Mm -hmm. i think i would say that it's probably my most surprising story Mm -hmm. of 2017 just because i was very skeptical skeptical about it and i didn't think that it would make a difference Mm -hmm. and where do you see how do you see that format war 
I call it war, but how do you see that shaking out? It's going to go on for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. So Dolby Vision, you have to pay a licensing fee to be able to use it. That's obviously mm-hmm. owned owned by Dolby. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of manufacturers don't want to pay for that, even though it supports a wider color gamut than HDR10. Mm-hmm. Um, more devices seem to be supporting HDR10. Mm-hmm. My guess is that for the foreseeable future, they're both going to be around. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to play out a little bit different than, uh, what was it, Blu-ray and HD dvd mm-hmm. i think that's what it was because the, the xbox 360 had that little attachment that yeah, you could the plug into HD dvd my yeah. dad bought that of course yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so i i don't think it's going to be like a, a cut and dry this this battle is going to end really quickly kind of like that one did mm-hmm. um i think this is going to play out for for a number of years because people in in canada um i think even more so than the states don't even have 4k tvs totally, yet, yeah. right let alone hdr so mm-hmm. this is very much uh a person like myself who cares about cares about cutting edge technology, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be a long time before mass mm-hmm. mass adoption. Yeah, uh, all I'll say to that is I think you know the important there's that adage in tech which is like it's not it's not the best format that wins it's the yeah. one that's good enough right or, or the one that uh, pornography supports. So there you go <laughs> as always, uh, and I mean stuff like the Xbox One X coming in the PS4 Pro is obviously going to help push along HDR because. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Sony and Microsoft are pushing the fact that games uh, support, support that, that and the yeah. systems support it. So those are kind of more mainstream devices. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it's it's years and years away from becoming mm-hmm. uh, mainstream mainstream popular. All right. Thank you for sharing those. Rose, I imagine you've been patiently waiting under your little pillow fort slash blanket fort. Uh, please share, if you could, your favorite story. Yeah. Your- it, it's heating up in here. So I'm going to go as concise as I can. Um mm-hmm. So I am, you know, a telecom person. Um, I think one of the most interesting developments that happened in Canadian telecom this year was just sort of the rise of Freedom Mobile and all the ambitious things they did leading up to what was one of the most like unprecedented promotional sale periods in recent Canadian history with the $60 10 gigabyte plans. And it's kind of funny that that's such a big story. Um, wouldn't be the same case in many other countries in the world, but of course we're in Canada and we're, we've been struggling with um, just having three major carriers sort of controlling the market I had, uh, for a really long time. I had some American friends message me and just like ask me what was going on because it was, <laughs> it was so crazy for them, right? Because this is something that I think is pretty common in the U.S., data plans of that, that size. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it just became a major news story. Um, so people, I guess, started hearing about it everywhere. You know, even my parents who never hear about <laughs> about these things and they're in New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. They'd heard about the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so the plan happened in Alberta, B.C. and Ontario. And that coincidentally is where Freedom's footprint is. Mm-hmm. And Freedom has just done a lot of really ambitious moves over the past year. They've um, launched, of course, their LTE network that happened last November, but it really just started gaining momentum over the past year. Um, Of course, only now do they have many different devices that are able to work on that network. They've also built it out with more band 7 spectrum rather than just having this more obscure band 66 spectrum. So more older devices can work, too. Hmm. There was the launch of the iPhone. Um, there was the launch of, of course, the big gig plans, which caused the $60, 10 gig madness. And, um, and so they, they've really been making a lot of inroads and 
I know we'll get into that uh, as well at other points, but I think that was just obviously the most major story in telecom and it could continue to have some good benefits on our plan pricing. Hopefully it does. So that's, that's one of the major stories uh, in telecom from this year. So Rose, when a telecom historian sits down and decides to write the story of Freedom Mobile and they interview you, they're going to ask the question, I imagine, was 2017 and specifically the big gig, was it the fulcrum point in Canadian telecom history? Was this the point at which, you know, uh, things got better for consumers? How, how do you think we're going to look back at this year, uh, specifically as it relates to Freedom Mobile? So we'll either look at this period of history as the turning point upon which it was successful and a fourth carrier broke into the orbit of the three major carriers in Canada, or we'll look at it as a failure, just another attempt that didn't go right. Um, because if you look back uh, about a decade ago, starting in 2008, we had Mobilicity and we had wind, which is now freedom, and we had public mobile enter the market as independence. Um, and that also, uh, at least. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Temporarily did something to lower prices. But of course, uh, two of those got snapped up by the big three. And what we have left now is just Freedom, which is now owned by Shaw. Um, but if, if freedom can continue to stay strong, it could be, we could be looking at, uh, you know, a more competitive environment in the future. I have one question for you. It's a very important question and I want you to take it seriously. Okay. What does the freedom bear have to do with this? Did, did he make this deal happen? So Pat, I think previously you brought up a really good point, which was that the freedom bear um, for those who don't know, he's the mascot for Freedom Mobile, and he's known for this commercial where he seems to be like dating a human woman. It's true. And I think that the audacity of that, just sort of coming out there and being like, yeah, I'm a bear, but I'm going to date a human woman, Ted style. I think that really sort of shows what Freedom is going for right now. That is an amazing way to look at it. And you have literally opened my mind. I have a newfound <laughs> respect for the freedom bear. Thank you so much. <laughs> On that note, uh, Samir Chabra, you've been patiently waiting. Thank you so much. Uh, what were your uh, big highlights this year? So it's been a pretty crazy year for tech. Um, but I think I, probably for me, the most important story uh, this year um, was the Videotron net neutrality zero rating decision that the CRTC mm -hmm. um, delivered. Uh, so, you know, the whole issue for me is that internet should be well regulated enough to a point where everyone has equal access to it in the same way that, that you know, it, 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 it's a basic service, pretty much. So the CRTC's ruling for, for net neutrality in Videotron, that was, that was huge. Uh, you know, if, 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 
effectively telling a carrier that no, you can't offer a cable subscription like music service or entertainment service uh, as a data plan. You can't you can't uh, treat one particular group of services differently than than another. You you can't treat certain kinds of data differently than 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 another. That was really optimistic for me. Um, and on the flip side of that, I think. Uh, is speaking to net neutrality again, the second of the two stories is this, is this uh, new Canada Land report suggesting that Bell was going to... Actually, sorry, let me try that again. And on the flip side of that, um, the other important net neutrality story this year for me was Canada Land's report that Bell was and is trying to put together an anti-piracy coalition to find a way to, to blacklist websites that infringe on copyright. So I, I think we saw a very, very good CRTC decision in terms of net neutrality. And I think, uh, I imagine right now the CRTC is reviewing uh, Bell's proposal and, and the, the coalition's proposal. Um, and I hope that the CRTC continues upholding th this net neutrality mandate. Looking forward, how optimistic are you uh, on the future of net neutrality? Obviously, we just had Ajit Pai and his two uh, Republican um, cohorts uh, votes to um, repeal. Uh, many long-standing net neutrality policies in the U.S. Obviously, the Senate has, I believe Senator Al Franken has said that they're going to force a vote on it. Um, that is a, a U.S. policy, right? But still has major effects on us here in Canada. So the thing is, it sounds really weird for me to say this out loud, considering that most of our and my reporting on net neutrality is sort of mm -hmm. this doom and gloom stuff. But if I got to be honest, I'm I'm feeling cautiously optimistic that Canada is going to continue moving in a progressive direction, supporting net neutrality and making it easier and 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 more affordable for Canadians to access data and the internet. Now, I I, I really I'm scared that I said this out loud. I'm scared that I've jinxed it. I feel like next year, you know, next December we're going to be like, so you know, uh, our podcast costs 700 Canadian dollars because it, you know we have to pay X amount of money to X Y Z because of net neutrality provisions, but I think that America is is its own current independent ecosystem. They're, they're doing their own thing, and I don't fully understand what they're doing or why they're doing it, but I think that um, you know our federal government is working in a positive direction. Do you think we're going to be impacted by the decision at all in Canada? I think that it's going to be complicated. Um, I don't want to say that we're not going to be affected by it. I think that on the consumer day-to-day -day level, we're not going to see wide-reaching effects. Okay. But I think that certain Canadian businesses are going to be affected by it. And I think that uh, American businesses that operate in Canada, for example, Spotify, Netflix. 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 Mm. So uh, if the doom and gloom reporting comes true, and if it turns out that priority, paid priority fast lanes come into effect, um, and it turns out that American service providers are going to be, you know, limiting uh, consumer access to things like Netflix and so forth, then yeah, I think I think Canadians are going to see some price bumps, and I think that's where we're, we're really going to have to stay vigilant and really stay on top of things. Um, we're short on time, but I just quickly wanted to uh, share mine and then get everyone else's opinion on this. Um, in preparing for this podcast, I was looking back at, you know, the moments and the one that kind of really struck stuck out to me looking back at it now was the launch of the Note 8. That was, yeah, that was crazy. So interestingly, like I think about it now, you know, obviously leading into that, that was something that was, you know, it's like, how is Samsung going to deal with the, obviously the flame up of the Note 7? And yet in some ways that is both passed without kind of any second thought 
because you know there's been so many other devices yep. you know like it i feel like the note 8 thunder got stolen by the iphone 10 yep. right and the pixel 2 and all the other devices i remember when all the note 7 stuff was happening and everyone's like oh this is the end of samsung and yeah. i was like no people are gonna forget about this and then go out and buy the phone anyways right and that's but, what happened so but so simultaneously for me both the note it passed without like you know without a blip but i also think like people were kind of ambivalent to the note 8 right and sure the, you yeah. know like because you know so yeah samsung got past the note 7 but then the Note 8 itself was like, it wasn't that marginally, it was that significantly different from the uh, S8. Yeah. So yeah, cause it, also because it was yeah, basically the uh, a slightly nicer Note 7 re-released in, in many mm-hmm. ways, right? Yeah. So there, there was something exciting about the Note 7, right? It was yeah. different. It was like, it, it felt like a phone from the future. It felt like it was ahead of other devices. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone had caught up to the Note 8 by the time it came out, right? Mm-hmm. So... I mean, Samsung like obviously took a chance with the Note 7 and it was a great looking phone that performed great until it caught on fire. Mm-hmm. Last shout out of the year. Samir, do you want to start us? Oh, actually, I'm going to ha- need a minute. I got to think about this. I'm, okay. Oh, man, I didn't right even now. come up with one either. Okay. okay. I've got a shout out. New reliable. Oli's there. Rose, hit us up. Okay, so those who know me really well know that I have one favorite thing in this world. Mm-hmm. And particularly our podcast producer, Robin, knows this. Mm-hmm. It's Nancy Drew Computer Games. And after waiting years since the last announcement of when we were going to get the next game, we got that announcement. It's coming out in spring 2019, which is still way too far away. Is it but on PC? It's for PC. And cool. they're consider- they want- they're saying they're taking a long time because they might want to also release it for VR headsets. Whoa. Which I'm very excited about. Yeah. yeah, so that will be awesome. And, you know, me and Robin, we're kind of on a high right now. We're loving life. So that's my shout out. Cool. All right. Pat, I, you got a great one. I do. I do have one uh, sent sent to me by Igor earlier today. And very on brand, I might say. Uh, so part of why I do what I do today um, is because I read Nintendo Power when I was a kid. And that was like one of my first encounters with tech writing um, and anything uh, really that wasn't just like reading a novel or, mm-hmm. or uh, a, a standard fiction novel. Um, so Nintendo Power w- went away um, probably back in 2011 or 12. I'm sure someone will correct me. I don't yeah. know. It's been a while. It seems both closer and further away. Yeah. yeah so I'm not sure when it actually went away, but it, it's been dead for quite a while. Um, and then today, Nintendo made an announcement that they're bringing Nintendo Power back, but as a podcast, which mm-hmm. I think is a really interesting format for that kind of fan enthusiast sort of uh i think it's great yeah yeah it's a great idea and what's even more interesting is they're bringing back uh the former editor and chief of nintendo power magazine chris slate to sort of head head the project Mm -hmm. um so what i i i think that's cool from a nostalgia perspective i'm hoping that um uh maybe the podcast is a little more mature than nintendo power was maybe Mm -hmm. maybe grew up with its audience to an extent Mm -hmm. um but just from from a purely like this is something that uh, that I read as a kid and is the reason why I got into what I do today for a living. Um, I'm excited to to see it come back. Mm-hmm. Samir, have you thought of something? Yeah, um, and it's so obvious to me that I feel a little silly for not figuring it out or coming up with it sooner. I, I shout out to Mobile Syrup. Um, I shout out to everyone uh, uh, who works here, all of our readers. I uh, finished my education in August. I got my my formal journalism degree in October 
Um, I, I, it's only been brought up every single time Igor talks to me. I was an intern here um, from May to June, and then I was hired on uh, in August. Um, thank you to Mobile Syrup. Thank you to 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 to, to everyone here, and thanks to all the readers for making my journalism dream come true. I hope um, I hope that you know I can keep on keep on doing this. That is a heartwarming way to close out the year. I hope you realize why I referred to you to intern. It's to remind you how far you've come. Thank you, Igor. That's <laughs> it's like, it's like the, the teachable moment has come full circle right before me. Um, Samir, Samir, it's totally our pleasure having such a great reporter on staff with us. So thank you. Yes, exactly. Man's been killing the game yeah. the whole time he's been here. Uh, my shout out goes to Robin, who's here in the room with us. Robin, thank you so much for helping us every single week with this podcast. It wouldn't be as amazing as it is right now without your help. So thank you so much. On that Thanks, note, Robin. Yay. Yeah. Uh, so now that we've finished with the warm and fuzzies, um, here's some more. I hope you all have an amazing holiday, whatever you celebrate. Uh, Happy New Year. All the best in 2018. Let's have an even better. Uh, or, <laughs> yeah. All the best in 2018. Let's have a way better year 2018 than we did in 2017. Um, thank you so much for listening throughout the year, whether you're new, old, if you've been here since the Derek Bassard days, it means so much to us. <laughs> like shout, out to Derek. Yeah, shout out to Derek Bassard. Um, as always, you can f- uh, find us at Mobile Syrup on your social media network of choice, whether that be Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We don't do the Snapchat anymore, I'm told. Yeah, not really. <laughs> it's just because like... Instagram is basically Snapchat when you use an Instagram story and we have a big following on Instagram where you don't on Snapchat. So, yeah. And also, uh, shout out to our Instagram channel. If you watched the uh, uh, couple uh, week ago, I guess now, um, we did that great one on the uh, big gig. Uh, Pat and I have been thinking about doing more because we had so much fun Uh, with that. So I I think I think something might be in the works for the new year. Yeah, I, I have a good name. That, that'll Ooh. run past you guys uh, I can't some wait point. we're excited yeah. alright so uh, happy new year again and we'll see you in 2018